0: So we're in John chapter 10. Um, We're going to continue today with what we've been talking about for the last couple of sessions about being led by the Holy Spirit. This is one of the most important things a Christian can ever learn and there's very little, uh, very little, on this subject in the body of Christ. But uh, we're going to learn. Amen? Amen. We're going to learn. Hallelujah. So we're in John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Let's say this together. I'm his sheep. He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I hear his voice. I know his voice. I obey his voice. And I follow him. I follow him. Amen. Amen. Uh, Psalm 23. Psalm 23. First one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me, underline that phrase, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Let's say this together. He leads, me. he leads me. I'm led. I am led. I'm, guided. I'm guided. I'm directed, I'm directed. By, the of God me. by the Spirit of God within me with precision. With precision. With precision. Amen. Amen. So I'll just very briefly kind of refer to a few things we covered in the last two sessions. Um, I don't have the last meeting uh, uploaded on the website yet, but all the other uh, podcasts are on there, so you can go back and you can uh, catch up with us and hear, hear all of it in its entirety, but uh, we're, we're talking about uh, how the Lord leads us, and that uh, God has not left us here, uh, you know, as, as orphans, uh, you know, millions of Christians don't believe that God can personally, directly uh, communicate with you, uh, but that's not true. He can. He, um, by the Spirit of God within us, uh, he, he leads us, He guides us specifically, directly. He can communicate with us. And that's what we're talking about and how to become sensitive to his leadings and and how we can begin to train and develop our spirit to be able to tune in and pick up his leadings and promptings, uh, which is the way he guides us. He guides us internally. He doesn't guide us externally. He he guides us internally. So this is what we've been talking about. Uh, You know, when we're facing decisions, do I go here, do I not go? Do I buy this one or do I buy that one? Uh, you know do i do i stay do i go lord show me what to do and this is what we're um we're learning from the word how to develop our spirit to be able to follow his leadings and promptings because these are things in our everyday life this is this is life you know what i mean this is life um <clears throat> So uh, we talked about, uh, we looked at John 16:13, where Jesus said, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Let's say this out loud. He will guide me. He will guide me. He will show me. He will show me. Will show me. Amen. We looked at Romans 8, and we saw two ways of living, living according to the flesh or living according to the spirit. People in the world are not aware of spiritual things. Those that are not born again, and they, they're unbelievers out in the world, they're not aware that they have a spirit. They're only body conscious and mind conscious. They're not conscious that they even have a spirit because their spirit is dead. To God It's dead to the things of God. But we're learning to become aware of our spirit and not just to be body and mind conscious and to become more aware of our spirit in order to be led and directed by God because that's where he leads us from is inwardly uh, by the inward witness. We saw in Romans 8, that's how he leads us is by the inward witness. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. So we're, we are not led externally like the world. We're led internally. We saw Romans 8:15. God does not lead us by fear. It says we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So God does not use fear to lead us. And we don't follow fear. Let's say this out loud. God did not give me the spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. I don't make decisions based on fear. I'm a child of God. And I'm led by the Spirit every day. I'm led by the spirit every day. Hallelujah. Uh, God doesn't use accidents. And disasters and sickness to lead and guide and direct people. And God does uh, use accidents. No, no, there are millions of church going people. They believe everything that happens to them, uh, somehow God is in it, and somehow God's trying to tell them something through their external circumstances. And this is not true. God's not using accidents and disasters and sickness. Uh, to to guide and direct us and to communicate with us. We have His Spirit within us, and He can speak to us uh, directly and personally and specifically. So at the last session, we looked at uh, developing hearing ears. How do you develop hearing ears? Not these ears. Everybody's got these ears. But spiritual ears uh, that hear, that, that can tune in, Uh, to the leadings and promptings of God. And we saw that how the condition of your heart determines whether your spiritual eyes and ears are open or they're closed. Um, Spiritual ears that can hear are the result of humbling yourself before the Lord, acknowledging that He knows everything, and apart from Him, you know nothing. And, and when we submit ourselves to him and we acknowledge and humble ourselves before him, we fine tune our heart into God's channel that he's transmitting on. And we begin to open up our heart uh, and, and it, uh, it enables us to get on God's channel. It's like if, if God's on the FM band and we're on the AM band, uh, we're huffy, we're disgusted. We're bitter. Uh, you know that's that's the AM band, so to speak. And if God's on the FM band, we're not going to be able to pick up His leadings and promptings. We got to get on. The, we got to tune into the FM band. Where God transmits from. So, so, I, so by having a humble heart, a heart that's open uh, uh, and submissive to God and acknowledges God, that's the way we, we open our spirit to Him and we begin to uh, to recognize His leadings. We also talked about uh, the importance of, you know, being in the Word. Uh, I suggested that you read a chapter a day uh, in, in the Bible, preferably the New Testament, at least to begin with, and uh, begin to uh, recognize how God speaks through the Word. There, you know, some, de- some decisions, some things that we face, we can just go to the Word and get the answer. But there are some things, some decisions and we have to make and things we need to know. You can't just turn to the Bible and say, do I buy this one or do I buy that one, you know, or do I take this job or do I take that job or whatever. So we have those things. We have to those kinds of uh, answers and direct that kind of direction. We we have to get from the Holy Spirit. So uh, we talked about uh, you know recognizing someone's voice. If someone phones you up and and if it's somebody that you know well, they don't even have to say this is Barb, you know. Yeah. If, once they say three words, you recognize their voice because you've heard that voice many times. So by by being in the Word regularly, by reading the Word, we begin to pick up how God speaks because whatever He directs us to do, it's going to be in line with this Word. If it's of God, it'll agree with this Word and you'll have an inward witness uh, about it. Uh, I mentioned earlier that, you know, any sermon, any teaching, any prophecy you hear, you are to judge it, number one, by the written word. If it's contrary to the written word, throw it out. Dismiss it. I don't care. I don't care who said it. I don't care if they're on ten TV stations uh, and started ten churches. It must agree with this word. Uh, And also... You judge it by the inward witness. Does it bear witness with your spirit? If it's of God, then you have the same Holy Spirit in you that the person who, who spoke it out. So it's, if it's of God, your spirit will bear witness that, yes, this is of God. That's of God. And if you don't have that witness, just dismiss it. You know, don't be nasty about it or anything, you know, but just, just walk away. So, um, so we, we, that's one of the importance, you know, part of the importance of knowing the word is to be able to, to judge what you hear. Is it, is that in agreement with the word or is that contrary to the, to the written word of God? Because the Holy Spirit is never going to contradict the written word. Uh, the same Holy Spirit that wrote Genesis and Psalms and Acts, uh, and Colossians is the ho- same Holy Spirit that's living in you right now. So we get to know God's voice the same way we get to know a human's voice, uh, is by hearing it over and over. I hesitate to use the word voice because uh, God doesn't speak to us in a voice like you're hearing me right now. Uh, it, so I hesitate to use the word voice because. We don't hear voices in our mind. That's not the way God uh, communicates with us. It's through voices. Now, very, 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 very rarely God will speak to someone audibly. And usually it's it's heathen people. I mean, people who are people who are uh, vehemently against God and persecuting God's people like you know like Saul on the road to Damascus that's God had to get that man's attention and and so it's very very rare that God speaks to someone audibly but it does happen and um, we know in certain countries in the Middle East you know we're hearing some some uh, testimonies come out of there where God has to speak to those people virtually audibly because they are so anti God they're never going to listen to, to a, a human, you know. But it's very rare. That's the exception. Um, and it's certainly for believers. We're led by the Holy Spirit within us. So uh, today, let's turn to Colossians 3. Colossians 3. And one of the ways that we know we are being led by the Holy Spirit and we're not being led by the flesh, is by following peace. Following peace. And there's a lot the Bible has to say about peace. Colossians 3, um, 14 and 15. And above all these things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. maturity verse 15 and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful when you are being led by the Holy Spirit you will have inward peace about the situation when you're led by the flesh you're frustrated and you're vexed. You just can't get comfortable with it on the inside. You just can't, you just don't, you just don't have any rest about it inside. The Amplified Classic Translation is really good. It says, and let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule, act as umpire, continually, in your hearts, deciding, and settling with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Anybody got any questions in your minds today? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we all. It says, let the peace from Christ in your heart decide and settle with finality all questions that arise in your minds in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's one body you are also called to live. And be ye thankful, appreciative, giving praise to God always. So when things come up in your mind, you're not sure what to do about it. Should I do it? Should I not do it? What do you let settle the question in your mind? Peace. Peace. Let peace, let the peace of God settle and decide the issue. Let the peace from Christ, the anointed one, decide and settle with finality all questions that arise in your minds. Uh, this, The Amplified Translation says, uh, to paraphrase it, it says, let peace be the umpire in your heart. Now, some of us are into sports. Probably everybody in here is not into sports, but I'm sure you all know what an umpire is in a game, whether it's a cricket, football, tennis, basketball, whatever the sport. Um, the umpire is supposed to be a neutral, impartial, hopefully. Not a whole a lot of people have questions about that, but they're supposed to be neutral, impartial, third party who has the authority to make decisions about events through the course of that game. Was the ball in or was the ball out? Uh, Are they safe or are they out? Do we stop the game or do we continue to play? The referee is the one on the field who has the authority to make these decisions. So that's why it, it, I think it's great they use that analogy here in the Amplified Translation. You know, was this person fouled or were they not fouled? They make the decision about the events throughout the game. So God has given us peace in our spirit to be the guiding and determining factor when it comes to deciding what we should do. The Good News Translation says the peace that Christ gives us is to guide, uh, sorry, the peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make. Now, I like, that's just about as plain as you can get, isn't it? The peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make, for it is to this peace that God has called you together in one body and be thankful so when you're deciding, do I do this or do I not do it? When you think about doing it, does it bother you on the inside? When you think about doing it, do you feel relaxed? Do you feel comfortable? When you think about doing this thing, can you see yourself doing that? If, if, you, if you can't see yourself doing that, uh, if you feel, unsettled about it, inwardly, then don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, If something's bothering bothering you and you're not comfortable with it, don't do it. When you think about not doing it, are you relaxed? Do you have peace about it? Uh, So what decides whether you do it or you don't do it? peace do you have peace about it when you think about doing it do you have peace or are you uncomfortable does something inside bother you about that if something bothers you about it don't move don't do it no peace don't do it peace do it okay here's a great Scripture. We're not going to turn there, but write it down. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Amen. Amen. God's not the author of confusion, but peace. We know who the author of confusion is. The devil's the author of confusion. He comes to try to steal your peace and your joy. So we're talking about something on the inside of you. We're not talking about voices. We're not talking about seeing things in the natural realm. We're talking about uh, something that's on the inside of you. Uh, Back a few You know, sessions ago, when we talked about the workings of the Holy Spirit, we talked about the nine fruit of the Spirit. Uh, The nine fruit, or the, the workings or expressions of the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. His presence inside us. And one of these expressions of the Holy Spirit in you is peace. One of those fruit of the Spirit is peace, the Spirit of peace. So when we follow peace, we're following the Holy Spirit. We're following the leading of the Holy Spirit when we follow peace. Say out loud, follow peace. peace. Let peace decide the issue. Let peace settle the question. There are 420 references to peace in the Word. There are 380 references to rest. Let's turn over to John. John 14. 27. John 14:27. Jesus said, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So don't let the devil steal your peace. Did Jesus ever allow anything to steal his peace? Was he cool and calm or did he run around in a panic and... Anxious and frustrated all the time. Do you ever see Jesus like that? No. (laughs) And there were times when he had a lot of negative things going on around him. And a lot of negative things uh, directed toward him personally. But he was always at peace. He was cool. He never got rattled. He never got shaken. You know, on the, uh, the storm of Galilee, when that storm came up, he was in the back of the boat asleep. Didn't even know it was happening. And they wouldn't even have known if they hadn't come to wake him up. Uh, so he, he, he did not get shaken when, when things externally got rough. He stayed cool. Uh, and, and it frustrated his enemies. Boy, did it frustrate his enemies. They could not shake him. They could not get him rattled. Uh, you know, the Pharisees continually, continually uh, tried to embarrass Jesus publicly and humiliate him and ruin his reputation in public settings. Uh, all these questions about the law and all this frivolous stuff you know it was all you know if they had been sincere about these questions, they could have gone to him privately. They weren't concerned about uh, his opinions about about the law and these things. It was all an attempt to get a whole big crowd of people and try to make him look bad in front of all these people. That's what it was all about. Uh, you know, the woman caught in adultery. that was all a setup. It was all a setup. It was, it was all a setup to try to uh, catch Jesus, pin him up in a corner uh, and, and make him look bad because they said, well, the Word says she should be stoned. What do you say? And the people are thinking, well, yeah, that's what the Word says, you know. Uh, so they're, they're looking at Jesus, you know. And by the way, where was the man? Why didn't they bring the man involved? You know, you can't just commit adultery by yourself, you know. And shouldn't he have been stoned as well? That, it was all a setup. He sneaked out, even if it really did happen, he sneaked out the back door conveniently, you know. But they, they were using this woman to try to make Jesus look bad. And so here's all these people that got their eyes on him. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? and he just calmly just gets down and writes something on the ground and the Pharisees are saying, they start pressuring him. Okay, what, what, are, you, what are we going to do about this? Uh, uh, preacher, give us an answer. This is what the word says and they start pressuring him, pulling pressure on him and, and he just stayed peaceful and calm till he had direction from the Lord, and he says okay i 'll ask you a question you know the first one who's without sin, you cast the first stone, and that just that just dissolved the whole situation right there, but he was totally peaceful that he was totally peaceful uh, in in every situation, no matter uh, What kind of situation they tried to to pressure him with. He always stayed cool and calm. And he didn't say anything until he had heard from the Lord. Now notice, um, notice these verses say, Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Who's in control? of whether we let the peace of God rule or we let our heart be troubled or afraid. We are. Yeah, we're in control. Whether we let the peace of God rule in our heart or we let something else rule in our heart. And I'm not saying this is easy. But if we couldn't do this, then it would be unjust for Jesus uh, to tell us let peace rule in your heart and don't let your heart be afraid. So it's possible, or, or he wouldn't have told us uh, not, not, to, not to let your heart be troubled or afraid. No. So this is true uh, when we pay our bills, uh, when we go to the doctor to get a medical report. You know, at work, in the airplane, you let the peace of God rule in your heart. Hallelujah. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. One of the things sin can never give anybody is peace. Everybody's looking for peace, but they're not going to find it in sin. I don't care. You know, people get into drugs. They get into alcohol. They get into pornography. They get into, you know, other kinds of illicit sex overspending, horoscopes. They're all looking for peace, other kinds of occult activities, something external out here in this world to give them peace, and they're never going to find it. It, it cannot give them peace because the devil had not got any peace. Satan has no access to peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So the only way anybody can get peace in their heart and mind is through God, knowing God, knowing Jesus personally. Uh, being a child of God, that's the only way anybody can get peace. It's, it's not available in the world. In the New Testament, Paul and John used the phrase, Grace and peace unto you. You know many times in the epistles, he either starts out that way or finishes that way. Grace and peace be unto you seventeen times. So there's a lot about peace. The God of peace is mentioned seven times. The gospel of peace two times. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, verse 6. The Prince of Peace. So the reason there's not peace in the world because much of the world refuses to acknowledge God and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's the primary reason why there's not any peace in the world. The gospel is good news. But the gospel has not always been preached. We've had we've we've had religion preached. We've had tradition preached. Uh, we've had rules and regulations preached. We've had uh, you know if, if you don't uh, you know if you don't change you're going to hell preached. You know, but we we haven't always had the gospel preached. And the gospel or the good news is that God in Christ was reconciling the world to Himself not imputing their trespasses against them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. That's the good news. That's the gospel of peace. And, and there's not a whole lot of that always been preached. A lot of other things have been preached. We have been made righteous with his righteousness. And anybody who will believe that, and confess Jesus is Lord and believe in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, they'll be saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. So that's the good news, and it's peace. The gospel brings peace. And many church-going people have never, ever heard that. They've never, ever heard that, much less the unbelieving world. You know, the, the devil will tell you it's too late, you've goofed up your life, you've wasted your life. That's not peace. That's condemnation. So when, when, when you have those thoughts, you know that's not from God, because it doesn't bring peace. It brings condemnation. Now, there's some misunderstanding about uh, conviction, condemnation, and correction, The Holy Spirit will never condemn you. The Holy Spirit will never condemn you. The Holy Spirit convicts us. You know, we read back, I think, over here in John, about uh, when we were talking about the workings of the Holy Spirit, that he will convict the world of righteousness. Uh, You could also say convince. He convicts or he convinces you about what is right. And when he convinces you or convicts you about what is right and you realize that you've been wrong about that thing or you've been wrong in that area, your own heart will condemn you. But it's not the Holy Spirit condemning you. When you realize the Holy Spirit shows you what's right about this and you've been wrong about it, then... Go now. You you, you 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 your heart will condemn you, but it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will comfort you in that area. He will comfort you and, and and he'll say, Okay, let's get back on the brighter path. But the Holy Spirit will never condemn you. And when God corrects you, it's not condemning. It's not condemning. So when he puts his finger on something in your life, it's not the Holy Spirit condemning you. And if and 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 once your own heart condemns you about it, just put it, just repent and put it right. Don't allow, don't go down that di- downward spiral of well, you know, you missed it here and you didn't do this and you didn't do that and. You know, I don't know why God has anything to do with me. I'm just so no good. No, don't, don't start down that path because the devil will give you a hammer and to just help you beat yourself on the head with it. So don't even go down that pathway. He'll, just, he'll agree with everything you say and he'll push you lower and lower and lower. Correction and conviction will benefit you and get you back on the right path. The devil uses condemnation to just put you down and leave you there. There's nothing about it that lifts you up and benefits you. Isaiah 55:12. 12. You don't have to turn there, but you can just write it down. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Peace is leading you. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Flee also, youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, or love, and peace. Follow peace. Hebrews twelve fourteen. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So all these scriptures are telling us follow peace. First Peter 3:11. Here he's quoting uh, from Psalm 34. In the disciples' literal New Testament, it says, "And let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Pursue peace, follow peace." James 3:17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be and treated. The wisdom of God is the direction of God. You, when we're asking God for wisdom, we're we're usually asking for direction, aren't we, about what to do in this situation. The wisdom of God is the direction of God to show you what you're supposed to do, and what his plan is. It's peace. So when something is from God, it will minister peace to your spirit. It comforts you, and you have a knowing that that this is right. You have a knowing in your spirit, this is right, this is from God. You feel relaxed about it, and and you have peace about it. And until you get that, Don't move and don't make a decision until you have that peace. You feel relaxed about it. It's not bothering you inside. You you feel comfortable. It settles the issue. Uh, In Romans 3.17, he was writing to those under the law, and he said, And the way of peace have they not known. The way of peace they have not known. The way of peace is the way of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you in peace. The way of the flesh is frustration and vexation. When you follow your flesh and you're going the wrong way, it frustrates you. And, and, and as you realize, the further I go this way, the more frustrated I get, what do you do? Stop. Just stop. Don't go any further. When something frustrates your spirit or bothers your heart, just stop. That's that's a, a way of knowing that we're going the wrong way. When you're frustrated and you don't have peace, you're not in faith. When you're in faith, you're in rest. When you're faith, you're in rest. So the Lord wants us to live by faith. He doesn't w- want us to be wired 24 hours a day. You know, just... I mean, have you ever worked with anybody like that? I'm, I've, I've worked with people like that before, and it's just like... They're just like that all day long, you know? And you just want to say... Chill out, you know. I mean, it's not everything's not a crisis, you know what I mean? And the, and we're not supposed to be wired and on edge and tense and anxious all the time, you know. The, that's not the way the Lord wants us to live. That's walking by sight, and and it's it's allowing unbelief and fear to come in, and it's not being led by the Spirit. So no matter what happens, God's word is true he's still on the throne and he's going to help us out of it so we can be cool and we can be at peace and rest. Amen? Now let's just turn to Romans 8 where we've been before and there are a few verses here that tell us how to get out of frustration and vexation and get into peace how to not be led by our flesh and to be led by the Holy Spirit. So we follow peace and not frustration and anxiety. Verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. The... uh. English Standard Version says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. We haven't realized what a big role our mind plays in spiritual things. Where does your mind spend most of its time? On the circumstances, on the problems, what they said to me, what they did to me, how they didn't help me, how they didn't support me. It, you know, That's walking in the flesh. That's being, uh, that's being carnally minded. That's what he goes on to say in verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If your mind is constantly on the problem and what they did to me and what they said to me and how they didn't help me or whatever, does that bring life and peace? No. No, it doesn't. So that's an indicator that we're not walking in the spirit, we're walking after the flesh. We're being carnally minded and not spiritually minded. So, what you put your mind on determines whether you're living according to the flesh or living according to the spirit. When your mind is on fleshly, unspiritual things, on the circumstances, on the problem, it produces frustration, vexation, and worry. And that's what the Bible calls being carnally minded. And it says it's, it's death. I mean, it, in other words, it's not life. It, it's, not, it's not life and it's not peace. If you're frustrated most of the time, you're walking in the flesh. And again, this is not putting anybody down. This is just to help us see, you know, in a practical everyday uh, living, uh, how this works. You know, and to get us out of it, to get us out of this uh, walking after the flesh, and getting our minds uh, on the right things. When you're walking in the spirit, you're keeping your mind on the right things, and you have life and peace. When your mind's on the right things, you have life and peace. Like, yeah, you you it produces this. Comfort on the uh, relaxation on the inside, and you're not, you know, you're not wired. Here's a good verse, just write it down Isaiah 26 3 Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. When you keep your mind on the Lord it produces peace. When you keep your mind on His promises, it produces peace. When you keep your mind on what what has He said to me in the situation, what does the Word say about my situation, it produces peace. It doesn't produce frustration and and, uh, anxiety. The uh, Christian Standard Bible says, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. So when we're trusting the Lord, we should be at peace, shouldn't we? That should be an indicator. If we're trusting in the Lord, we should be at peace. The International Standard Version says, you will keep perfectly peaceful the one whose mind remains focused on you. So if you haven't been able to sleep, and your stomach's bothering you, and you're worried and fearful, your mind hasn't been focused on the Lord. So this is just to help us uh, realize how to get our mind out of frustration and into life in peace. Where are are we focusing our mind? On On the things of the Spirit or on the flesh? When we get frustrated, whose fault is it? Well, it's those people that, that are not cooperating with me. <laughs> it's those, those people that let me down, you know, and they didn't do what they told me they would do. No? We, we determine where our mind goes I heard Joyce Meyer say, uh, where the mind goes, the man follows. Where the mind goes, the man follows. So our mind plays a big part in our spiritual walk. People who don't know God, they have every right to be worried and fearful and frustrated. They are without God and without peace. Uh, they're the people that, that I mentioned in Romans 3. It says the, the ways of God, the way of peace, they have not known. The world knows nothing about peace. They, they, they're all looking for it, but they cannot even fathom the peace of God. They have never, ever experienced the peace of God in their life. That's what, that's what they're looking for. And they're looking for it in all these external things. So, if you're frustrated, anxious, worried, vexed about something, you immediately know you've been thinking about and talking about the wrong things. And that's what the Bible calls carnally minded. And it's not life and peace. So, when you you realize that, just do a self-check. The Holy Spirit... We'll bring this to your remembrance. That's his job—is to help, help us. Uh, no, don't get frustrated. Don't get your mind over on that. It's just going to produce frustration. Get your mind on the Lord. What did, what does, what did the promises say? What does the Word say? That's where you need to get your mind on the on the things of God. So you you when when you realize you're going down that path, stop it. Just immediately stop it. Don't let your mind go any further down that road. Just stop it. Because it's just going to produce frustration. And if, if, if we'll begin to get a hold of this today and start putting it into practice, we can get free from frustration and we can get free from things that we have been struggling with for years. The devil is a liar. He comes to you with thoughts and feelings. And he wants you to receive them. You should have done this. Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? Why can't you do that? That's not helping you. It's putting you down. And you should immediately recognize that's the devil. It's not God. It's not producing life and peace. So don't put your mind on those things. The word says, give the devil no place. Resist him and he will flee. So we have to make our mind off limits to the devil. Write this down. Write this down. Don't talk about, and don't meditate on what you don't know, what you can't do, and what you don't have. Don't talk about and don't meditate on what you don't know, what you can't do, and what you don't have. That's not life and peace. That's walking in the flesh. And you're walking in darkness. That's walking in the flesh and you're beginning to go down the path of darkness. Philippians 4.8 Just make a note of that. Philippians 4 8. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. That's what we put our mind on. Is it peaceable? Is it pure? Is it a good report? If it's not, it's not life and peace. Don't put your mind on those things. Don't put your mind on those things. Fix your mind on what's honest, what's just, what's pure, and what's a good report. What's a good report? If something doesn't meet these qualifications, if you're having faults, uh, you know, bad report, if it's not just, if it's not honest, if it's not pure, if it's not good report, if it doesn't meet these qualifications, what do you do? You stop it. You stop thinking about it. You stop putting your mind on it. If, if something doesn't meet those qualifications, you stop it. Everybody say, stop it. stop it. Stop it. Hallelujah. The Phillips translation says, Fix your minds on the things which are holy and right and pure and beautiful and good. Model your conduct on what you have learned from me, on what I have told you and shown you and you will find the God of peace no. will be with you. No. Not that. No, no, no. Peace Not that. follows when you put your mind on the right things. So let's look one more time back at uh, Colossians 3 as we're closing here. We'll finish again where we started. Colossians 3. 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body. And what's the last four words? Be ye thankful. Now that's very important. Does thankfulness have anything to do with peace? Does unthankfulness have anything to do with frustration and darkness and walking in the flesh? Yeah. If you meditate on and talk about what you don't have, what you don't know, what you can't do, what somebody didn't do for you, and where you missed it, is that being thankful? No? No? The devil wants you to throw a pity party. And if you do, he's going to gate crash. <laughs> he's going to gate crash, uninvited. He's going to come in and he's going to join the party. And that's not what you want. So, everybody in here has something that you can be thankful for. We woke up this morning. We had a roof over our head. Most of us drove here. Most of us didn't walk here. Most of us drove. Some of us have two vehicles. But most people have one vehicle. Thank you for our business, our job, uh, and our health. And we're believing for better. We're believing for better. Things to come. Thank you, Lord, for peace and a good report. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me, and I can bless others. So we all have something to be thankful for, and when you're thanking God, you're being spiritually minded. You're being spiritually minded. Your mind is on the right things, and it's producing. You're letting the peace of God rule in your heart. And thankfulness is another key to following peace and keeping your mind focused on the Lord. If you're having trouble keeping your mind focused on the Lord, then start thanking. Start thanking God. Just thank Him. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you for my business. Thank you for my home. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you, Lord, for my health. Thank you for blessing me. Just thank Him. Just be, Just cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And as you have your mind on Him, like Isaiah 26, 3 says, He will keep you in perfect peace. It will produce peace. Peace will rise up in you. But when you begin to take things for granted, the devil will come in and begin to skew your thinking. Hallelujah. If you're constantly thinking about what you don't have, that's not a prosperous mind. That doesn't mean that we're not believing for better and for more, but if you just constantly think about what you don't have, that's not a prosperous mind. It robs you of your peace. They didn't do this for me. They let me down. I don't have this. Stop it. Don't go down that road any further. Write this down. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Thank the Lord when you feel good and when you don't feel good. When you have plenty of money and when you don't have so much. We're not thanking Him for the lack. We're thanking Him for what we do have and for the more that's coming. We're thanking Him in advance, and that's really faith. And you may have to start by faith to do that because, you know, you may just have to start out by faith, being thankful, but you've got to make a start. Romans 1, 21 says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. And because they weren't thankful, this is what happened. But became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. The more unthankful you become, the more you walk in darkness. And that's why the world. One reason why the world's walking in darkness, they're they they do not know God, and they're not thank, they're not thankful. And and if, here it says. Uh, when they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God, and, and neither were they thankful. And the more unthankful yeah. they got, the more they walked in darkness. And you could see that happen in the Old Testament to the Israelites. You know, every time they started murmuring and complaining, boy, things started going downhill for them. They were walking in darkness. It was not life, and it was not peace. The more thankful you become, the more light and the more revelation and the more direction you walk in. The more thankful you become, the more light, the more revelation, and the more direction you will walk in. Let's say this together. Thank you, Lord, you've been so good to me. Thank you for so good to me. You spared my life many times. You've spared my life many times. I have good faithful friends. I have good faithful friends. You've put good word into my life. You've put good word into my life. Amen. Amen. Now that's an environment where your spirit will begin to tune into God's channel, God's transmission channel. God transmits on the thankfulness channel. (laughs) God doesn't transmit on the complaining and murmuring and negative channel. You're not going to hear Him on that channel. (laughs) So He transmits on the life and the peace and the thankfulness channel. And as you cultivate an attitude of thankfulness, Direction will begin to come to you, and you'll get insight into what to do. Peace will lead you. But if you pull the shades down in the room, and you start complaining, and feeling sorry for yourself, and talking about, these people didn't do me right, and you know, they let me down, and they didn't support me, and they didn't help me, and i only have a 36 inch tv instead of a 55 inch tv and all this kind of stuff the devil is going to jump in the middle of that and it's going to get darker and darker and your spirit will get duller and duller and you will not be able to receive any direction from the lord there's no way anybody can get depressed and suicidal Praising God and thanking the Lord. In order to get into a state like that, you got to be going in the other direction. You know, the unthankfulness, pity, you know, uh, fleshly, unspiritual things. In order to get in that kind of condition, everybody say this together. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be carnally minded. I'm, not not going to be I'm going to be spiritually minded. I'm going to be spiritually minded. I'm going to get, let God's peace. I'm going to let God's peace rule in my heart. To rule in my heart. I'm going to thank God every morning. I'm going to thank God every morning. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. In the evening. In the evening. At midnight. At the midnight. Because he's done so much for me. Because he's done so much. I follow life and peace. I follow life and peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's just stand up and let's just thank the Lord right now. We can thank him for something. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You've been good to us. Thank you, Lord, for every victory in the past. Thank you, Lord, for every victory today. Thank you, Lord, for every victory in the future. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your divine health. Thank you for divine life. Thank you, Lord. We all have something to be thankful for, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're here and we're not in the hospital somewhere. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We're not in a prison somewhere. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We we know you. We're in right standing with you, Lord, and you give us all things richly to enjoy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You give us all things richly to enjoy. Thank you, Lord. We all have something to be thankful for. Lord, we are a thankful people. We are a grateful people. And Lord, we're cultivating this lifestyle of thanksgiving, Lord. And we're tuning our heart in to the thankfulness channel. Amen? Amen. And the life and peace channel where you can speak to us. And you, in that environment, Lord, we can hear from you. We can be guided and directed. We're opening our spirit to you, Lord. We're tuning our spirit in on your channel, Lord, so that we can be led by peace. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We have peace. Lord, the world cannot give us that peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We can have your peace. We do have your peace inside us. We have your peace Not just somebody's peace. We have your own personal peace. And thank you, Lord, for giving it to us, Lord, to help guide us and direct us in the decisions of everyday practical life. Thank you, Father. We will be in the right place at the right time. Amen. Let's say that. We will be in the right place at the right time
1: and we will not
0: be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And we will not be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.